This morning, I want to do something just a little bit different than we normally do. This morning, I want to deal with a problem that I believe has plagued churches and truthfully human beings since the beginning of time. And so I want to just take a moment, self-reflection this morning, and I just want to ask all of us, ask the Lord to help us all just to be honest with ourselves this morning. I want you to pray for God to remove any distractions and to remove any hindrances of his Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts this morning. So I'm going to give you just a moment of silence, and then we'll begin this service in prayer. Again, I want to just bring everything in, just thinking about what God can do in our lives this morning and helping us to be honest with ourselves this morning. Let's take a moment and do that right now. Father, as we begin this part of our service, Father, we pray that you would help us, first of all, to be honest with ourselves this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have free reign in our lives. Father, as we come to your word, I pray that it would pierce even the dividing asunder soul and spirit joints and marrow and today it would be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart father i pray that you would help us to be focused today i pray you'd remove all distractions today father most of all keep satan away from this place keep him out of our minds keep him out of our hearts and souls father i pray your will be done here today we love you in Jesus' name, amen. Now that we're all being honest with ourselves, don't raise your hand, but how many of you would consider yourself a liar? Anybody consider themselves to be a liar? They'd be pretty proud of that. Why is it that humans lie? Why is it? Humans lie to try to get out of trouble. They lie, they tr lie, excuse me, to try to save face. They lie to try to make people like them. And truthfully, the list could go on and on and on. Of all the reasons that we lie, children are the best at it, right? It comes so naturally to them. I got one of my children in a bit of a corner the other day, and she, I'll just make that very clear, off the get-go because I can no good at hiding it, but she thought she was going to be in trouble, and so she began lying. And I knew what had happened, and she begins lying. And I said, don't you lie to me. You're not in trouble. Okay, now I can tell the truth. We lie, and we lie, and we lie, and we lie. I believe this, though. All lying stems from pride. All lying stems from pride. Why? We don't want someone to know the truth about us. 
We don't want no, someone to know that we messed up. We don't want somebody to know that we did something wrong. And so what do we do? We lie to cover the truth. We lie to cover the truth. The next question, and I want you to ask this again in your own mind, how big of a deal is a lie? How big of a deal is a lie? Most of us would answer this question with a depends, right? It depends on where we are or what the circumstances are. If it's just a little white lie to cover up why you're late to work, that's okay, right? If it's, if it's a big lie and uh, your children are lying to you as to why they weren't home on time, that's a bigger deal. Or if it's a lie to cover this little area of my life up, it's not that big of a deal. We all have these rationalizations for lying. So let's do this. Let's not lie this morning. Let's be honest. We all, every one of us, every one of us has times in our lives where we justify a lie. We justify a lie. And the reality is the more we justify, the less and less serious lying becomes in our own mind. The old saying is the more you do it, the better you get at it. That's not a good thing when it comes to lying, okay? My mom used to say to my brother and I, you two are good at lying, I was like, really? In fact, that got us into more trouble because she always thought we were lying. She never took us as telling the truth. So the more you lie, the better you get at it, and the less serious it becomes in our mind. Now, there are numerous ways that we can lie. We can lie with our mouths. We can lie with our actions. We can lie with all kinds of different things. But this morning, I want to focus on what I consider the most destructive and the most subtle form of lying. Lying with your life. If I were to put it in one word, it would be simply this. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. This is one of the most subtle yet destructive forms of lying. And again, if we're honest, if we're not lying to ourselves this morning, every single one of us that sits here this morning is guilty of hypocrisy. Every one of us. In some way or another. But just because everybody is doing it doesn't make it right. Acts chapter 4 and verse 34, the Bible says this. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, watch this, having land, sold it. And brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now this story is a story of truthfully an amazing man. We know him to be Barnabas. In fact, we'll find out later that Paul and Barnabas did a whole lot together for the kingdom of God. They spent a great deal of time together. They were, Barnabas was an amazing, amazing man. And here the story kind of begins. This is our, really our first introduction to this man named Barnabas. And what does he do? 
wonderful story. He has land, and what does he do? He sells it, and he brings it, and he gives it at the apostles' feet so that distribution could be made to all that had need. Listen, this is a wonderful picture. It's a beautiful picture of what a church ought to be, helping other people, those that have, helping people who don't have, and vice versa, back and forth. But this story, as wonderful it is, as, as it is, is contrasted by another story. Look at chapter 5 and verse 1. But it's never a good sign when you've got a wonderful thing in front. A but usually ends up meaning that something bad's going to happen. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. All good, right? Don't, don't jump ahead of me. That's a good thing. Sold a possession. We don't know what that possession is yet, but we know they sold something. Here's the bad part. And kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whiles it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine power, thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he died. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, yea, for so much. And Peter said unto her, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Whoa. In Acts chapter 4, beginning of Acts chapter 4, we watched as Satan tried to halt the church with external persecution. He tried to get them to stop preaching the name of Jesus Christ and they, they got dragged into the Sanhedrin and put into a court in a courtroom and they were all threatening them and he tried to stop them by external persecution. But here in Acts chapter 5, Satan is trying to halt the church with internal pretension. With internal pretension. By the way, you'll see this pattern repeated over and over and over in the book of Acts. And you'll see this pattern repeated over and over in Bible Baptist Church. He'll try to get us from external persecution, but he'll also try to get us with internal pretension. Let me be extremely clear with you this morning, and if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Living by false pretenses is a tool of Satan that will effectively halt the church. Let me say it again. Living by false pretenses is a tool of Satan that will, that will, that will effectively halt the church. And Satan is using it. 
So hear me, this is not just something that affects you. We look at this store and we go, oh, stink, Ananias and Sapphira died. That's not good. But I want you to understand, living by false pretenses, living hypocritical, lying with your life is not something that just affects you. Hear me, it affects your children. If you don't think your children can see the hypocriticalness in you, then you have not talked to your children. Again, using myself as an example, I say to my kids one time, hey, we ought not to repeat the same thing over and over in prayer. And my kids say, how come you say the same thing every night when you pray before we go to bed? They're right. They will catch you on it every single time. It doesn't only affect your children, it will affect your grandchildren. It will affect your spouse. It will affect your friends. And most of all, it's going to affect the body of Jesus Christ, the church. And Satan is using it to destroy. You know that Satan is known for lying? He's known for it. In fact, Jesus calls him the father of lies. John chapter 8 and verse 44, the Bible says this, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is using lying in all kinds of different forms to destroy or halt the church of Jesus Christ. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to constantly tempt us to lie. You don't want people to know that about you. You don't want them to know that you messed up. You don't want them to know that you did this and you told everybody this, but you ended up doing this. You don't want everybody to know that. I love this quote by George MacDonald. It says this, half of the misery in the world comes from trying to look instead of trying to be what one is not. We're trying to look like what we are not. Ananias and Sapphira did not sin because they didn't give. Let me be very clear here. Their sin was not in that they had a possession and they sold it. And then they only gave half. That is not the sin. They could have given any amount. They didn't even have to sell the possession. There was no inquiry into why they sold it or purpose or behind it or anything. It was not a fact, a sin, excuse me, that they didn't give all of the proceeds to help. So this is not a sin of giving. This is a sin of lying. This is a sin of lying. They were trying to look better than they were. Let's go to verses 3 and 4. The Bible says this. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to what? Lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land whilst it remained. Was it not thine own? Hey, it was your land. You had control over it. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? After it sold, you could have done whatever you wanted to do with it. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, 
but unto God. I want you to see that they had lied. So at some point, the Bible doesn't tell us, Ananias and Sapphira said, hey, we're going to sell a piece of land. We're going to sell this possession that we have. And everything that we get from it, guess what we're going to do? We're going to give it to the apostles. They told the Holy Ghost that, and they told the people that. They had not lied unto men, but unto God. So they had told everybody, hey, we're going to give everything. But in then doing so, they kept back part of it. I want you to notice there in verse 3, the Bible says this, Why has Satan filled thine heart? You ever heard anybody say, the devil made me do it? Here's the verse of scripture that you can point to. But the reality is, this is not Satan making them do that, but this is Satan filling their hearts and their minds with the thoughts of doing it. Verse 4 says, was it not thine own? It is your own choice. Oh, Satan will tempt you every single day of your life to lie, cheat, steal, get away with. He will constantly tempt you to do it, but it is your own. It's your own will. It is your own purpose will fill you with all kinds of ungodly thoughts. He's going to tempt you to go back on what you promised to God. He's going to tempt you to go back on your decisions. He will always tempt you to halt your progress. But please hear me. It is always, always, always our decision. It was in their own power. Verse 4. Ananias and Sapphira had made a decision and a promise to God that they would sell their possession and give it all to help the people. They did not follow through on that decision. And they lied about the price. Okay? I sold it for $500,000. Here's the $500,000. When in reality, they sold it for a million. They lied. They lied. This is what we call hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means this. To create a public impression that is at odds with one's real purposes or motivations, and thus characterized by play-acting, pretense, or outward show. It means to give an impression of having certain purposes or motivations while in reality having quite different ones. And this is not just happening in our business world. Oh boy, is it ever happening in the business world. This is not just happening in politics, and boy, is it happening in politics. This is not just happening on social platforms, and boy, is it happening on social platforms. This is not happening just in your local supermarket. This is happening in churches. This is happening in churches. In fact, a man by the name of Ray Stedman said this, dishonesty is the primary characteristic of the church today. Read that again. Dishonesty is the primary characteristic of the church today. What ought to be the primary characteristic of the church today? How about Christ-likeness? How about love? How about charity? How about give me something godly, but no, it's dishonesty. And the more I talk to people outside of the church, you know what I hear? I don't want to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. I'll be honest with you. I can't argue with that. 
But in saying so, they're saying that there's something better than a hypocrite. The reality is, again, we are all hypocrites. You might ask yourself, how is dishonesty the primary characteristic of the church today? How does this happen? Let me give you a few thoughts. It could happen in, with bitterness. Bitterness, perhaps in relationships. What we'll do is we'll come to church and we've got some bitterness towards somebody, but we'll act like everything is all good on the outside. But inwardly, we are full of bitterness toward a person. We can't think one good thing about them. In fact, every time they come near us, we, we get frustrated and we get, get irritated and we don't want to be around them. But on the outside, we'll act like everything's just hunky-dory. Maybe it actually is giving. Maybe we have promised God this was the year we were going to start giving to missions. Or this was the year that we were going to increase our giving and we were actually going to give sacrificially. But something came up. Again, we presume upon Ananias and Sapphira that they were just wicked old people. We don't know that. Something could have come up. Maybe one of their children got sick. Maybe they wanted to save some money for retirement. Again, the list could be endless, endless, endless. But here I want you to see, nonetheless, we could have a really good reason as to why we don't keep our promise. But nonetheless, we have backed out on our commitment. It may be that we've even surrendered our life to the Lord. Maybe when you were a teenager, you said, God, I'm going to give whatever I have to you. Here's my life. You can have it. And yet here we sit today living our lives exactly the way that we want to. Maybe we said something like this, here's my life, Lord, but I'm going to keep back part of it. It may be that we are serving, but we are only serving for the purpose that everyone will look at us and think of how amazing we are. Oh, man, I want to be on the platform so that everybody can look at me and go, wow. I want to serve in this particular capacity so that everybody will look at me and go, wow, listen, that is hypocrisy. Maybe we're putting on a show and everybody thinks we're more spiritual than we are. Maybe we even lie to people about the fact that we are praying and reading our Bible on a regular basis. Maybe we just have sin in our lives that we're not dealing with. Maybe we just feel like it's really not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a sin. Or maybe we feel like, ah, we can handle it on our own. We are not willing to get the help we need with it. We lie to people when they ask us if we're having victory in a certain area over our sin or not. We hide it. We say, no, I'm all good. I've got it all under control. When in reality, we know it's eating us alive. Hear me. Every single one of us needs help at some point. Every single one of us makes mistakes. Every single one of us messes up. Every single one of us goes back on a decision. Just please don't cover it up. Here's what happens. Is when you start to cover things up, then guess what I do? I start to cover things up. You know why? Because I don't want you who look so perfect on the outside. We all know you're not. But we look perfect on the outside. We don't want anybody to know. We don't want that perfect person to know that I messed up. 
And so what do I do? I have to keep up pretenses and keep up pretenses and keep up pretenses. And before long, dishonesty, dishonesty, dishonesty is the characteristic of the church today. Here's another quote from Warren Wearsby. When reputation becomes more important than character, we've become hypocrites. When reputation becomes more important than character, we have become hypocrites. Ananias and Sapphira obviously cared deeply about what everyone thought of them. And frankly, they were pulling it off. They had sold it. They worked it all out together. They knew what they were going to say. We're not telling anybody. Before men, they pulled it off, but they forgot that they were not fooling God. Look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 4. While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Please don't miss this. They had lied to God. We need to realize that we might be fooling everyone around us. It's entirely possible to fool everyone around us, but we are not fooling God. And in trying to fool everyone around, and in not fooling God, guess what it brought? It brought death. Now, in this instance, it was immediate death. There are people, again, outside of our church that will say to me, I can never step foot into a church. Lightning will strike. There's one person here today <laughs> that would have said that. So in this instance, that's pretty much what happened. And I'm not advocating that that is going to happen to you if you're a hypocrite here today. But it could. If God wanted to strike us dead, he doesn't need any more than just a lie for an excuse. But it doesn't often look like that. For us, it might be a slow spiritual death. Think about it. We lie a little bit here. And we lie a little bit there. And we lie a little bit over here, and before we know it, we're spiritually dead. We're spiritually backslidden. Obviously, again, if God wanted to judge us with immediate physical death, he could. But hear me, when we lie, death will reign. The minute they pretended to be something they were not, death. Hear me, the minute we pretend to be something that we are not, death. Sin always brings death. And what happens? Death starts to permeate our hearts. Death starts to permeate our minds. Death starts to permeate our families. And death starts to permeate our church. And then there is no church. Some people might ask the question, why is it that Ananias and Sapphira were dealt with so harshly? It was just a little lie. 
I want to show you this verse. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. The Bible says this. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Peter says, for the time has come. It is time that judgment comes to the house of God. Judgment starts at the house of God. Let me ask you this question. How can the unsaved world know a holy God when those who are supposed to be like God are hypocrites? When we're play acting, when we're acting as if we've got it all together, yet we don't. How is the unsaved world ever going to know? This little lie that we like to call it was no small insignificant act. This was a complete and utter betrayal of the God from whom all blessings flow. God had given them that land. God had let that land sell. God had let that land sell for a specific price. Because God had something specific in mind for that specific amount of money. Listen, they had lied. They had utterly betrayed the God from whom all blessings flow. Hear me. This is how we need to picture and think about lying. This is how we need to think about the sin of hypocrisy. This is how we need to view our, quote, little white lies. It is an absolute and utter betrayal of Almighty God. And guess what Satan's going to do? He wants you to utterly betray God. He wants you to throw God aside and say, God, I don't care what you've given me. God, I don't care what you want from me. Listen, I'm going to do what I want to do. And slowly, he's going to use it in our church. He's going to use it to disrupt the church. How many times have we sung the song, take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Be careful what you sing. I know in studying for this, read many pastors that will not sing certain songs like this. Because if you don't mean it and you sing it, you're a hypocrite. Hypocrisy does a great deal of damage. Oh, it's probably not often carnage like you see here in Acts chapter 5. But if you are aware, you will look at your life and you'll go, look at the carnage my hypocrisy has caused. Let me ask you, are we letting hypocrisy damage us here? Are you letting it damage your family? Are you letting it damage your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your friends, your family? your workplace, and most of all, the body of Christ. It's time to make it right. It's time now that the house of God be pure. 
and ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. Father, I pray that as we again look internally, Father, most of all, we'd be honest with you. We'd be honest with ourselves. Father, I pray that hypocrisy would not be once named among the people at Bible Baptist Church. But Father, you've got to make that change in us. You've got to convict. Help the story of Ananias and Sapphira to light a fire in us to constantly, consistently, always tell the truth. Father, we'll give you the praise and glory for it.